0: Hi. Right, if you're wanting to listen to the sermon, uh, you can fast forward this uh, tape to about four minutes. Otherwise, um, we've included the baptism that we had this morning of uh, Leslie, and uh, hopefully, you can enjoy that first. Thank you. I also need something to lean on. So, um, well, first of all, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Um, You welcomed me here when everything in my life felt shattered and broken. And you extended um, your hearts and love. And I know now that that was Jesus working through you to, um, to let me know that there's hope and there's community and there's peace and redemption and forgiveness to be found in this world that often looks bleak and empty. So I thank you for that, each one of you, each one of you, Yvonne, Trina, for asking to put hands on me. In that moment, I knew I was in the right place when she turned and said, I feel inspired to put my hands on you and people joined and I knew I was in the right place and that I was coming home. And Tracy, who has been just a beacon of light and the women who pray on Mondays and Jason with guidance. And most of all, I wanna thank the living presence of God. I wanna thank Jesus, the man who I've never known before, <laughs> for holding his hand out to me and promising to lift me up and to lift all people up, and I feel like I've—sorry guys, I'm just a weeper. <laughs> that <laughs> I'd like to just speak for one moment, um, because I know that so many of you have been here in this loving embrace and in this community for a a long time that maybe you've forgotten what it's like to be on the outside. And uh, I was tired of living. I was tired. I was so weary and my body was broken and I had no more strength to carry on. I'd done my best to be hardworking, and I'd done my best to be smart, and I'd done my best to be cute and funny, and none of it was enough. None of it, none of it could sustain. And it's taken some pretty um, huge life events to crack me open, (laughs) to bring me to my knees to say, I need your help. I can't do this alone. We can't do this alone. We're not meant to do this alone. We are meant to do this together. We're meant to do this with the light of Jesus, with the light of the Lord guiding us. We're meant to do it as a family. We're meant to do it connected. And so I just thank you all, Maria. <laughs> Everybody, I love each and every one of you. Thank you. And I'm just, I am just—I feel blessed and excited to be here. Amen. And I thought it was going to be a little sprinkling of water when I asked (laughs) when I asked Jason if I could be baptized. I thought, and he said, "Oh no, we have a tank." (laughs) (laughs) Woo!
1: (laughs) We we do everything holy, right, around here? No half measures. Just love it. I can still see the wet footprints. I Love it. Today, obviously, today is a special day. And today with Leslie's baptism and that next step that she's taking, she's already been following Jesus for a while now, but to see her take this next step has been so encouraging for me. And I hope uh, for those of you too, I, I hope it's encouraging for you as well. And it gets me thinking about, you know, Rudy, what you were saying, about Jill, what he said, and about this church and why we're here, about the mission of this church. Why God has a church here in this community. I mean, yes, it's a great place for us to gather and to meet and to praise God, but also, God has a church here for the sake of this community. That God's kingdom would grow here. The lives would be transformed. That those who are heartbroken, those who are alone, those who are addicted, those who are abused, that they would find new life in Him. They would find hope in Jesus. For months now, I've had it planned to speak on, or to preach, to listen again to the words that Jesus spoke at the Last Supper out of John's Gospel. And, and I trust God in this. I see week in, week out, and maybe it's, you know, like you guys don't, I mean, it may not be as obvious to you, but I see how God is planning all of these things for us to hear his word at particular times, at particular events, things that we don't even know are happening or will happen, and yet he does. See, this week is also, uh, this Sunday is the first Sunday of Lent. For those of you maybe who know a little bit about Catholic tradition and things like that, uh, or, or ancient church tradition, Lent, um, I know kind of it's worked out in our culture where it's kind of like a little mini New Year's resolution. You know, it's this time where you give up something like chocolate or coffee or something like that. Um, but Lent uh, didn't begin that way, actually. It began... Hundreds of years ago, over a thousand years ago, actually. It was a time of faithfulness, a time of discipleship. It was wrapped around or it swirled around Jesus 40 days in the desert when he went out and he fasted for 40 days. And at the end, he was tempted by Satan, and yet Jesus remained faithful. So the church, from the beginning, was looking for ways to connect with that. and So they would observe or to practice this season coming up to Easter of discipleship. They would practice discipleship, focus again on it. It's also as time grew on or time went on that Lent became a season for those who were interested or those who were pursuing or pursuing Jesus and wanted to be baptized. It became a season when they would be taught 40 days, four or five weeks, when they would gather together and they would learn about Jesus and the gospel before they were baptized on Easter. So I know in our culture, Lent has become you know, the big season, if you even think about it, for giving something up. But really, it's about discipleship. And so for us, we're going to walk through this season of Lent focusing on Jesus and following him and talking about what it means to be followers of him. Now, Jesus talks a lot about discipleship, but it raises the question as we talk about Lent, or even today, baptism. What does it mean to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus? You know, is it just about Making sure we get to church on Sunday. You know, it's good for us to gather together, but is that all faith is? Is it about is it about service or or action? About making sure that we are doing lots of stuff for Jesus. I mean it's good for us to bless people, and I think that's part of the fruit of following him. But it's not just about how much we do for Jesus. Is being a disciple just making sure that you think the right things or believe the right theologies and then go on about your life? You know, it's just a mental thing. As long as you've made the right, as long as you affirm the right theological truth, then you're good. Or is faith meant to be more than that? A way of life, a way of kingdom life, life lived after Jesus. Well, Jesus talks a lot about discipleship. In fact, you could probably say the whole New Testament is about, actually the whole scriptures for that matter, are about what it means to follow God, and what it means to follow Jesus. But I've been listening to, like I said, to John, John's Gospel, when Jesus is in the upper room, uh, before he's glorified, before his hour, as he talks so often about in John's Gospel, before he's crucified and rises rise, and again from the dead. And this night he gathers with his disciples, and one of the first things he does, he takes off his outer clothes, so he starts to kind of look like a slave, and he grabs a bowl of water, a towel and he starts to wash their feet. Many of you remember that story. Just this humble Savior, this Messiah, this King, over everything, bows down and starts washing his disciples' feet. And Peter says, no way, Lord, you're not washing mine. You're too good for that. Jesus says, Peter, if I don't wash you, then you have no part with me. Peter says, well, then everything, don't, not just the feet, everything. And Jesus says, it's just the feet are good. And he washes them. And then Jesus begins to teach and to encourage them, because Jesus knows what's happening, he knows what's coming. Soon it will be his cross, his crucifixion, his death, and then his resurrection. And so he's teaching his disciples how to go on living when he's not physically right there with them, though he will always be with them. And these are the words that he says. If you want to open your Bibles to John 15, <clears throat> verse 1. I also have it in your bulletins if you want to just look at that too. So this is, just to give you some kind of context, we're like jumping right into the middle of Jesus' teaching. There's quite a few things that he says before this and quite a bit he'll say after this, but um, this is just the section I want that I heard Jesus uh, speaking to me this weekend. So... I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man or a woman remains in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, they are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given. It will be given to you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I was thinking about this, you know, I, I wonder what Jesus would say if he said, Jesus, what does it mean to be your disciple? I mean, there's probably lots of things he would say. The, the Sermon on the Mount is him teaching what it means to be a follower, what it means to be a disciple. and lots of places, throughout the Gospels, Jesus is teaching what it means to be his follower. But I think too, there's, if you read through the Gospels, you see Jesus talking a lot about crops and fruit and harvest. That fruit is a part of following Him. It's interesting in this passage, Jesus puts a lot of emphasis on fruit, saying, "Bear fruit." He actually even says that the gar- my Father is the gardener, and whoever is in me. No, he doesn't just say like whoever isn't in me. He says whoever's in me but doesn't bear fruit be cut off now before we start to get a little anxious and you know start to strike a committee about whether Jesus really fits in our church or not you know the tenuous nature of his faith listen to what he's saying he says if you're in me bear fruit the question is what is this fruit like what is he talking about what kind of fruit is this does he mean just making sure you show up at church on Sunday? And does he mean it's about how much you do for him, how much service you do? Does he mean fruit is how many people you lead to faith? What is the fruit he's talking about? That's one question. The second question is how do we produce this fruit, right? Jesus is saying, make sure you're producing fruit. Actually, he doesn't say that, but he says if you're not producing fruit, then you'll be cut off. Be pretty anxious, like how do we produce the fruit, Right? The first thing Jesus says is produce fruit, or this fruit, what it looks like. So I think we think of fruit, maybe we have certain ideas of what it looks like, but actually as you read through the Gospels, fruit is is sort of vague. He doesn't say fruit is this and this and this. I think Jesus does that on purpose. One, because the fruit of following him is so broad, so diverse. And each of you, it looks a bit different what this fruit of following him looks like. But I also think Jesus didn't narrow it down so we couldn't just go do those one, two, three things and then say, good, okay, we're done. See, fruit comes from following Jesus. But what does the fruit look like? I mean, is it just making sure that we get to church on Sunday? What are you going to say? Yeah. You need to come up here and preach because that's what's going to that's what I was going to say. But right. You know, is a fruit just making sure we get to church on Sunday. Is that what Jesus is talking about? I think he means a whole lot more than that. That's fruit just making sure that we evangelize people and make sure that people are converted. I think Jesus wants us to be a part of that. He loves it when people come to faith and are baptized. Jesus delights in that. but It's also more than that, too. Does Jesus want us to be really busy? Is that the fruit? all the programs and the events that we host at the church, is that the fruit? I think Jesus delights in the things that we do in in his name for the sake of our community, but it's also more than that. Fruit, Jordan, like you're saying, is the good things we do. The ways that we treat our spouse in his name as followers of Jesus. The ways that we bless our neighbor in his name following Jesus. The ways that we bless strangers. People we don't even know yet we can see they need help. These are the fruit of Him. These are the fruits of following Jesus. But it's not just stuff that we do either. Praying to Jesus. That's fruit of following Him. This connection of being connected to Him through prayer is fruit of following Him. Reading the scriptures reading God's word and listening to him again so we might be formed and live more like him. this is fruit of following Jesus. Now some of you might be thinking, you know, fruit. I, I know there's other places where it talks about fruit. I mean, many people maybe think of the letters of Paul or Paul, the things that he talked about fruit. You know, the, the fruit of the Spirit, for example. Love and joy and peace. Kindness, patience, goodness, gentleness, uh self-control. These things are and sometimes I think we as Christians we we try to categorize them. I'm I'm a patience I've gifted with patience and, and love, but not self-control. Or, I don't know if that's really Paul's point in that, is for us to try and figure out which category we fit in. But that we would live that we'd follow Jesus and these things would sort of begin to fall off of us like fruit. Because so you can I think if you look at all these things, they sort of fall into one category of, of faithfulness. Following Jesus, the fruit of following Jesus is faithfulness. And I can tell you, as you live life, as you are following Jesus out in the world around us, that looks different from day to day. That fruit isn't just one thing. It's lots of different ways. Sometimes it's surprising ways. Sometimes it's things you think like, boy, is this is this what like tradition says I should be doing? And yet Jesus calls us to do it, to go and to bless, to go to the wrong side of town, to hang out with the wrong sort of people. These are fruit of following him.